The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Hey, thanks for joining us for the Belmont edition of Winning Ponies Radio. So glad you could join us. Uh, bringing in two of my favorite personal handicappers. One is a first-time starter here on the show, but let me tell you, I've shared many a winning bets with this gentleman, usually with him ponying up the front-end money. <coughs> His name is Steve Pearson. Uh, he's an at- attorney uh, in Ohio, uh, but uh, he is a regular guy, as we like to say, and he can definitely do some handicapping. Uh, he's in Ohio. Uh, U grad, uh, uh, got his master's from uh, Eastern Kentucky University. Um, he got his doctorate at the University of Cincinnati. So he's a pretty smart guy, but let me tell you, he does know how to handicap. I love turning the corner at the racetrack and seeing him and his wife, Karen, who's a pretty good handicapper in her own right, quite frankly, uh, at the races. And uh, like I said, uh, Steve's strength is probably multi-race ragers. And with the Belmont card, and it's unbelievable undercard. We're going to be leaning on Steve to give us his thoughts on uh, on the undercard and, of course, the Belmont Stakes itself. Now, you want to come on over to winningponies.com. We've got, as it's stated, 12 prizes for 12 furlongs. The contests uh, for the Triple Crown have been very popular. I want to thank everybody for uh, participating. Uh, first place, cold cash, $150. Second place, 100 winning credits that you can use for Winning Ponies Easy Win Forms. Third place, 75 winning credits. Fourth, 50, fifth, 30, sixth, 20. Uh, seventh through 12th place will get a Winning Ponies baseball cap i'm proud to wear one they're really nice and they fit great and uh we want you all to put in for closest final time and you'll be getting a winningponies.com t-shirt so be sure to uh go over to to the site uh, uh prior to the race and get in on the action of course uh, while you're there pull down your easy win forms had another good week uh, in the heart of Louisville at Churchill Downs, a $1 super that returned $2,877. Uh, up at Canada, where we featured a race last week, Woodbine, a $1 super that paid $2,695. And Belmont Park, we're going to be there this week, pulled down a $1 super key that paid $13,173. Well, I told you who's going to be helping us on half of the undercard plus the Belmont Stakes. In the other half is my main man, the man I admire, Ed Meyer. So uh, stay tuned. Going to be bringing you some great races from all over. Don't forget, the action starts at Belmont uh, on Friday. You've got the grade two New York Stakes, half a million dollars. Then you've got the grade three Belmont Gold Cup Invitational, the grade two True North, the grade three Better Roses, and then the two-year-olds will be going to post in the Tremont Stakes. So uh, you, you don't wait till Saturday to pull down your easy win forms to get some winners at Belmont. It starts on Friday. And, of course, uh, on the undercard, we're going to see some champions uh, performing at Belmont Park. The races I'm going to be doing with Ed are the grade two Brooklyn Invitational, uh, the grade one Acorn, the grade two Woody Stevens, 
and the Just a Game in addition to the Belmont Stakes. And for Steve, we're going to give him the real easy one in the Ogden's Phipps. That's going to be the return of the only once defeated Songbird, who lost in one of the greatest races I ever saw in the Breeders' Cup Distaff last year to Beholder. Uh, she's going to be a standout in there. But Steve also says he likes some long shots in the Met Handicap and the Woodford Reserve Handicap. So stay tuned. Those are the races we're going to be looking at. Now, we've got some uh, uh, late-breaking Belmont news. If you didn't already hear it, Champion Classic Empire is going to miss the Belmont stakes. Uh, It was on Wednesday morning they discovered an abscess. The same issue uh, that returned him after his third-place finish in the Holy Bull, you may recall. And so... uh, you know, Mark Cassie said we found that his foot was bugging him. It's the same thing he got after the Holy Bull. Uh, we could hardly get around. Uh, there's a good chance in the next hour or so it'll bust and he'll be fine. But with that, we're not going to do it to him. So classic empire out of the Belmont Stakes. Now, this is interesting. Got this from Ed through Brian Zipsy today. He was going over the veterinary charts at Belmont Park. And it looks like Epicaris, the Japanese invader, was treated for signs of lameness. He was given butte, and he missed his training and was just walked. So going into a mile-and-a-half classic, uh, Epicaris, according to, I saw the veterinarian statement, was being tried for uh, uh, observation of potential lameness. So uh, they have to give these uh, records out for all Belmont Stakes contenders. Um also, uh, who was uh, was being treated was uh, Gormley. He was a little dehydrated, so uh, he uh, got uh, treated for dehydration. And senior investment, uh, he who worked uh, uh, in fifty and one just two days ago, said that he had a slight muscle spasm and he was given acupuncture with some B12. So those are horses that got little uh, hitches in their get along. But Epicaris is the one we really got to keep an eye on. <laughs> Well, Bobby Flay, remember he bought in a creator last year and got home with a Belmont winner? Well, he's trying to do it again, and he bought into J-Boy's Echo. So the flamboyant Bobby Flay uh, will be uh, in the paddock area. He hopes the winner's circle uh, with J-Boy's Echoes. I, you know, I guess he got such a good feeling after creator won last year. Maybe he's a good luck sign. So, uh, you know, the... Uh, the, the people connected with him are happy to have him on. Like Flay says, that uh, for a New Yorker to win the Belmont Stakes, it's harder to have a lot more fun than that. So uh, hopefully you can get to a track. Hopefully you can get to Belmont. If you can't, of course, Horse Racing Radio Network is going to have a lot of coverage. And for those of you who are going to be home watching it on television, NBC is going to present four hours of television coverage from Belmont Park. Uh, Bob Costas and Mike Trico are going to be the lead analysts. They're going to have Randy Moss there, Jerry Bailey. And so the stakes placed undercard will air from 3 to 5 on NBCSN, and then at 5 o'clock, it's going to switch over to the major NBC. Uh, The Belmont is scheduled to go off at 6.37, and the show is scheduled to go till 7. So uh, uh, tune in. It's going to be there, and don't forget our friends at Horse Racing Radio Network. Well, uh, we truly lost a uh, racing great uh, just yesterday, and that is Holy Bull 
was announced that uh, he succumbed to infirmities of old age, and he was put down yesterday at John Abel Farm, which uh, has been his home since his retirement to stud in 1995. He was just uh, an amazing horse, a holy bull, and uh, will truly be missed uh, to the racing world and certainly to the people at, uh, at John Abel you may recall at three, he won five grade one events, including the Travers, the Woodward, the Met Mile, the Haskell, and the Florida Derby. So, uh, holy bull, uh, gone, but not forgotten. Well, uh, if you tried to bet Santa Anita today and didn't, it's because once again, the races didn't fill. So, of course, the horsemen are taking one side and track administrators taking another they're saying hey it's called a racetrack it's not a breaking track so two-year-olds and yearlings should be broke somewhere else hopefully uh they can uh, reschedule the race uh our friend uh, wesley ward he's going to be heading over to europe he had uh, quite a contingent of horses uh working down at keeneland the other day uh, headed up by lady aurelia who worked very well of course there's places you can go on itube to pull down all of the workouts uh there so uh cory lannery he pulled down uh jockey of the week this week when he uh pulled off uh, five races on the churchill card including the aristides with limousine liberal that was an easy one Corey's won 12 riding titles uh down at churchill downs only pat days earned more churchill downs titles remember the great twilight eclipse well they're going to do right by him uh west point thoroughbreds said that twilight eclipse will be retired uh this is this is a horse who won 2.1 million dollars he was purchased at auction for only a thousand so uh you know he, he did uh, quite a bit in his uh, uh his life uh, an overall record of eight five and eleven from 40 starts earning that 2.1 and i guess uh you know he's, he's retiring sound and they're going to turn him into an eventing horse so that's good news uh for him so let's get to last week week's uh, uh, stakes races that we looked at with our friend Eric Wing. Uh, the, the Penn Mile went to Frost Morn, just blew past the pace setter and got the job done with Irad Ortiz. It's a Christophe Clement trainee, Frost Morn winner of the half a million dollar Penn Mile. In the second spot, Next to him, it was Big Score, who was the 9-5 to five favorite. And in the third spot, uh, we had Sistron. That was uh, Eric's second pick. Uh, then, of course, we went to uh, Belmont for the Pennine Ridge. And uh, we did have a couple scratches in there. The, the winner that came home was Oscar Performance, who set the pace. What a ride, by uh, Jose Ortiz, who absolutely put them to front on the, put them to sleep on the front end and nursed a 49 and four first half, a 114 and three six furlongs, and was able to hold off the late charge of four to five favorite Good Samaritan to take home the $200,000 Penning Ridge. Then, um, it, uh, we went up to Woodbine for the Connet Cup, and it was Tower of Texas, the horse that won it in 2007, uh, got it done again. What a finish. It, it was a three-horse blanket finish. Uh, when the photo was uh, uh, computed, it was that uh, commute, Eric's top pick, 
who sent off at five to one, uh, just edged out uh, Calgary Cat. And what a race that was up at Woodbine. And then uh, we also kind of tipped our hand on the Aristides down at Churchill Downs. It was limousine liberal, not disappointing. Uh, her his many backers. The horse for course has now won three races at Churchill Downs. Got the job done over Wilbo. And in the third spot was the truth or else. All right, that's a look at last week's racing. Boy, we've got some great racing coming up for you, though. Anchored by uh, the Belmont Stakes. And it's hard to say uh, that there's a real favorite in here. It's going to be fun listening to uh, Steve and Ed kind of tell us who they like. I do believe if you had to make them a favorite, it would be Irish War Cry. Kind of nice when you get a favorite at 7-2. to two. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see when the gates open at Belmont who is the actual favorite. It's a wide open race. I'm looking forward to talking to our handicappers. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, again, I believe that this is a first-time starter for us with uh, Mr. Steve Pearson. I told you a little bit about his academic success over the years, an Ohio U grad, uh, then got his master's from Eastern Kentucky, uh, his Jewish doctor from the University of Cincinnati. Uh, He hangs out at the track with his wife, Karen, who is an outstanding person and also a pretty darn good handicapper in her own right. Uh, They they like taking in uh, the signal from Keeneland and Delmar. And not only do they take the signal, but they make an annual trip up to the ancient elms of Saratoga East Cheer. It's a pleasure to have him with us. Steve Pearson, how you doing, buddy? Well, it's my privilege to be here. I appreciate you uh, inviting me and giving me the chance to talk with you. 
Well, I gave you the chance many times in the old day on the set of The Regular <laughs> Guy, and uh, you were always a standout. Everybody, everybody loved you. As a matter of fact, everybody loves you, period, uh, from uh, from the people I know who, uh, who know you personally. And uh, I've also seen you uh, have to cash a few IRS tickets in your day, which uh, means that uh, you're not afraid to play. I've seen some of your tickets, and uh, they're not $12 a pop, <laughs> but uh, I've seen some of the returns you've had, too. I scratch my head when... I see some of the horses on your ticket. I'll be darned if that isn't the horse that comes home in the last leg. Um, so uh, as you've kind of uh, evolved uh, as, as a handicapper, it's kind of that your favorite wagers, kind of the 50-cent uh, uh, pick because the, the lower takeout and uh, the 50-cent pick four is your go-to wager. I like the pick four the best since the 50-cent the pick five is put in. And, you know, the Belmont, it's almost, uh, I think, 13% less takeout. And so the pick five is, is really alluring. But uh, as I tell everybody, you know, pick three is difficult. A pick four is almost impossible. And then when you get to the pick five, uh, that it seems like that extra race makes it really difficult. But I, I probably hang in the pick four area as much as any other wager I make. All right. Well, uh, the races I'm going to give you tonight, uh, the Ogden Phipps will be race five, but then at least we'll be able to get your read on a pick three uh, when we uh, bring in the Met Handicap and the Woodford Reserve Manhattan into the picture. But right now, front and center, the test of the champion, mile and a half, the Belmont Stakes. As you probably heard me say, there is no standout in here, which leaves opportunity for a price player like you to find a couple good horses. And I'm going to try to do that. Um, I think it's uh, Irish War Cry is sort of the uh, the University of Kentucky or the North Carolina. I, the race may go through this horse to win, um, but this horse is just so in and out. Uh, I respect Graham Motion when he says this horse is working and he wants to bring him to this race. I assume you're going to get a good one. But um, he throws a 101 buyer, a 63 buyer, a 101 buyer, and a 79 buyer. And so I guess if you're looking at it in and out, it's time for him to be, uh, to be back on, on the muscle. But I'm, I'm going to pick senior investment, um, the Kenny McPeak horse, uh, as my horse to win. I, I think that um, key and multiplier uh, are the two that I like the most. Um, and I like multiplier because Brandon Walsh, although he's only had two starters at Belmont, you know, is clicking at uh, 30% this year and it's been really, really strong. And you not only get uh, Brandon Walsh, but you get Rosario there. So I'm sort of between the, eight, uh, the, the uh, senior investment and multiplier as my, as my two favorites in the Belmont. Well, <clears throat> you know, they, they always say that, that, you know, everybody jumps on big closers in the Belmont, you know, obviously that would be looking at Lee, but traditionally, uh, for whatever reason, they don't get there. You know, it's, it's usually a horse that's pretty well placed as they turn for home that gets the job done. But I must say uh, that uh, looking at Lee has been very impressive along the Triple Crown Trail. But I think the other thing he's got going against him is uh, the, the rapidity of his races. You know, the Arkansas Derby, the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, and he's put in a very strong effort every time. You just got to wonder sometimes how much does he have left in the, in the tank, and do you think he'll get over bet because everybody remembers his big stretch runs? And I think the public is going to say, okay, so Belmont's a mile and a half, and obviously a closer gets an advantage. And I know what you were getting ready to say, and you kind of shifted gears there. I, I am not a closer player in the Belmont. I'd rather have that horse sitting in the middle. Um, 
you know, depending upon the pace. And it's so difficult to figure out what the pace is going to be here because you don't really know. Um, but it's a jockey's race. And the other horse at 20 to 1 morning line, um, you know, I got burnt. Uh, I didn't believe in cloud computing with Chad Brown when Castellano took the mount. Um, you know, Twisted Tom's 20 to 1. It's Chad Brown. Castellano's taking the mount. The horse doesn't necessarily, you know, look like a lot, although he's won two in a row. But, uh, but I also think that he's got a chance to get into the gimmick as well. I'm getting confused here now, Steve, because senior investment, morning line 12 to 1, He's kind of a deep closer. He he is, um, but I I really think that he's not going to be quite that far back because of the pace. I just don't see anybody uh, going out and blistering it. And I think that uh, with a tepid pace to the six furlong mark, that that probably helps um, senior investment. And I think that he'll be closer just because I don't see him facing the kind of pace that he's faced uh, in the last couple of races he's been in. Well, and again, you know, uh, people overlooked Sarava a decade ago, and uh, we know the trainer on that horse was Kenny McPeak. So he's been known to pull off uh, more than one upset in, in big races. So I, I certainly wouldn't dismiss it. I have seen this horse in person several times, and he does uh, make a pretty picture. Uh, I can uh, tell you that. So let's uh, we may come back and revisit the Belmont, but uh, until that, let's, uh, let's rewind if I was going to uh, start uh, – uh, some exotics in the the, the tenth race uh, that has a double going into the Belmont. Um, it's uh, going to be on the inner turf. So, so far, I haven't heard any bad reports on the weather, though you never know. Uh, we're not at Saturday yet. Uh, but the Manhattan uh, Grade One inner turf. You've got a lot of horses here that are kind of familiar with with one another. Uh, that. Uh, are, are no strangers, uh, such as uh, uh, Wake Forest and World Appeal. Uh, meanwhile, the horse is coming out of the Turf Classic, uh, Beach Patrol, who set the uh, the, the pace for uh, Diversadero. So you got a couple of horses that are pretty familiar with themselves. And uh, the one head scratcher for me is Time Test. My God, this horse put in a, you know, once he moved to the Chad Brown barn, and how many times have we seen that? Uh, this horse had a huge wake-up call last time out, though as a heavy favorite in the Force Mars, he didn't get the job done. You got the German bred uh, uh, Pody Micken, or whatever you want to call that. Uh, what's, your, what's your read on this race? I, I really, uh, yeah, I think that if you beat all of Chad Brown's horses in this race, you've probably uh, accomplished something. But yes, three. I landed on, yeah, I mean, you know, and uh, that's not a, not a very huge field. So he's got uh, a third of the field. I I really uh, I'm landing on Wake Forest, um, the Chad Brown horse uh, with uh, a rider tease up. I know that you're losing Castellano, but uh, this horse ran the fourth of March and then came back uh, the 13th of May on a yielding course. And um, I love uh, Chad Brown's numbers off, uh, uh, second off a, a layoff. And, you know, Arad Ortiz may not be his go-to guy, but he's 28% uh, with Chad Brown. And so I'm going to try to take, uh, I don't know how many times somebody like Christophe Clement has a horse that's 8-5 to five and he's got one that's 8-1. to one, Or, you know, Pletcher's got two horses in. And you kind of forget that the other horse isn't necessarily one to, you know, to leave out. And so um, I like Wake Forest, and then I do like Time Test. Uh, the fact that it's interesting, the Rod Ortiz goes 
uh, to the other horse, but Castellano takes time test. And so, um, you know, uh, I like him. Potemkin would be my fourth pick. And I'm going to give you a bomber in here. I, I like Ascend um, at 20 to 1 morning line with Jose Ortiz. That would be my fourth horse if I were boxing four horses. Um, so I've got, some, I've got some morning line odds there, and I think probably they'll hold up. Um, you, you passed up on my, my heart horse, and that's uh, Diversadero, who ran a game fifth in this race last year, was only beaten two and three quarters. That was one bang-up race in the Turf Classic. Do you think it's just because he was at, on his hometown course? Well, um, I, I love Diversadero not this year but last year. And then, uh, and this is why, you know, you got to be careful when betters talk. Uh, I really took a shellacking when he came back into Manhattan uh, in 2016 and, and ran uh, second or ran fifth by two links. I I'm just not sure that um, that I want him coming off uh, that last race. He was great. Uh, I admit that. But um, and, and obviously, getting Johnny Velasquez as your jockey in this spot certainly is no drawback. But I'm, I'm just thinking that he's probably going to get bet a little bit, and I don't know that the premium is going to be there with him. Well, what I found interesting is that the jockey that won on him in the Grade 1 Turf Classic, Julian Le Peru, will be aboard world approval for Mark Cassie. But I guess he rides more horses for Cassie, and that's usually the way that story goes. I agree. Um, the... Uh, Mohegan Sun Metropolitan Handicap. A lot of sponsors there. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we're, we're going, uh, I, I like the flat mile distance, which is only around one turn uh, at, at Belmont Park. And, uh, you know, as, as I was going through here, I'm, I'm looking at some of the horses and uh, obviously Money Mike uh Smith coming in with Bob Baffert, uh, the horse, uh, after giving a, a little bit of a rest, just reels off three straight 100-plus buyers. All of a sudden, I realized, wait a second, Mo Heyman's in here. Remember last year when he was touted <laughs> as the uh, you know, next secretariat? Yep. Yeah, this, uh, is, 20 uh, to one. this, is, this is a really, really interesting race to me. And I, I, uh, I, I mean, you know, I... Mo Amon obviously loves uh, Belmont. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I'm going to I'm going to try something that uh, that maybe hasn't been absolutely perfect. But I, I like Denman's call in here at 15 to one morning line coming from the West Coast. And you know he had that uh, that race at Churchill Downs on Derby Day on the wet fast track. Um, but I think going back uh, to one turn, I think he's going to like a mile. Uh, I'm going to try him. Uh, it, w- it will be interesting, and it will be his first start ever at Belmont, and it will be his first start at a mile. Now, um, let's see, Tom's ready, enjoys uh, Belmont. He won the Woody Stevens uh, last year, uh, put in a nice tightener here against uh, limousine liberal who just came back and won a graded stake at Churchill over the weekend. Uh, he might deserve a, a second look, but it looks like the odds maker is uh, leaning towards more spirit who would be making his Belmont debut. Uh, but man, he was sensational. Uh, he's only tried a mile twice and came home in the winner's circle both times. I agree with you. I had Tom's ready as my second pick. 
Um, I don't think you can leave more spirit out. Um, you know, Mike Smith's going to have this horse in a perfect spot. It's just, um, you know, I, I just, I, I just feel like maybe something with a little price gets home in here. Uh, I don't know why I'm, I'm not dead set against more spirit, but, uh, but my one and two picks um, for Denman's call and the horse you mentioned, Tom's ready. Uh, again, another one with a, with a tightener, and he's getting the uh, the familiar uh, New York jock in here, Javier Castellano, who uh, has just been you know setting the racing world on fire the last couple of years. Well, um, here comes the single on everybody's ticket. A uh, horse who has only been defeated once in her life. It was by a nose in the Grade One Breeders' Cup distaff, and it was to a multiple champion uh, beholder. And one of the best races I have to say I ever saw in my life uh, that Breeders' Cup distaff. And of course, I'm talking about Songbird. It, it makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck if you watch that and you love racing like I know you and I do. Uh, you know what I what I thought about when I looked at the, the first time I could see the form was I thought. Okay, here's the deal. You've got a horse who's never run on uh, at Belmont. You're going to ship the horse. Uh, the horse doesn't show any any works at Belmont. His last work is June 6th at Santa Anita, and um, the horse is going to be one to two, I think, less. Um, would you bet against that horse? And I would say yes, except for the fact that horse is Songbird. It's interesting that. Karina Mia is in here. She's the second choice. Uh, this, uh, it's pretty good when your second choice is six to one. But of course, on her resume, our second place finishes behind Songbird twice last year in the Grade One Cotillion and the Coaching Club American Oaks uh, at, at Saratoga. So, uh, you know, uh, while Songbird has a race at Belmont, uh, she's she's shipped and won a hell of a lot of races. And, and you know, the, uh, what's your knock? You run second to Songbird. I mean, that's that's strong. Um, I, I I'm going to try, and I don't. You know, this is one of those races that I think you either have to pass internally, maybe, or you use it as a free spot and a gimmick and play Songbird. But um, in trying to figure out, can somebody break up what some people I think are going to see as an ice cream exacta with Songbird and Karina Mia? I do like paid up subscriber, the Chad Brown horse with Castellano. Um, I, that, that horse to me, third off a layoff and catching that sloppy track, uh, on Oaks day. I, I think, um, that, that June 3rd work where, uh, uh, the horse goes fourth out of 26. I, I'm thinking that that horse is tightened up and Castellano might be able to get there for second. Well, um, we, we've uh, we've keyed on uh, the the, ma- the main races. I know that uh, you've probably looked at the entire Belmont. Were any of the other races of particular interest to you that'll be on the undercard, Steve? There was. Um, I know I'm throwing you a curve. Of, you, know, you are, but you know uh, <laughs> I expect that from you, <laughs> and that's why we get along so well. There you in go. The just, in the just a game. Um, the eighth race at Belmont, Rocco Rojo is a Chad Brown horse with Florent Giroux, who, by the way, is rapidly becoming one of my favorite turf guys to watch ride. Flavion Pratt, too, but boy. Um, I really, really like, uh, I don't know, Antino, the seven horse trained by Chad Brown and Castellano. It, this horse is eight to one morning line, and uh, her first start was at Keeneland in April, coming from Europe, and I happened to be at that 
at Keeneland that day. And let me tell you, the, she got bothered at the start. She didn't run that well. And her turn of foot coming home, Castellano wasn't urging. He was holding on. And I, I don't think that that one race in North America is going to do anything but help her. And I've got her as a single in that race. And I probably will bet the horse to win and use it in the, in the gimmicks going horizontally. So that kind of probably is my bet of the, of the day tomorrow, Saturday. I mean. Really? Yep. We're, talk, we're talking Ann Tone. And, yeah, I <laughs> I know how you said that, but yes, that's uh, that's the horse I like probably the best of anybody on the card. All right. Well, uh, up next, a gentleman I know you're no stranger to, our friend Ed Meyer. Uh, this was uh, one of the races I assigned to Ed to uh, to handicap for us, so we'll, we'll see who he chimes in on. So, Mr. Steve Pearson, A, thank you very much for being on the show. B, say hello to your beautiful wife, Karen. And C, I'm looking forward to seeing you at the races. Thank you so much, Sean. All right. Up next, the man I admire, Ed Meyer. We're going to break down more Belmont Park action here on Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the Easy Win Form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with us right now, a guy who uh, is quite the regular. He's uh, uh, been my guest uh, more than anybody else on this show, and he used to be sitting in this chair as the host of the show. I- I'd say that he handed the baton to me, but neither I or Ed have ever been in a track meet that I know of. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> You are right there, sir. You, will, uh, you might catch me in the stands, though. <laughs> yeah, that was perfect. I'm going to have to give you a quarter on that one. That that was a, a definite Belmont winner. 
All right. Well, uh, there is no definite Belmont winner. As we discussed off the air, uh, both of us were kind of looking at, at Epicaris. Uh, he's got the pedigree. He's got the running style. Um, he, he has looked good. I've been watching videos of him go in the morning. But, boy, that news you broke to me today uh, through our friend Brian Zipsy, uh, I'm, I'm running in the other direction. You know, John, it's going to be one of those uh, one of those ultimate questions, what if? I think last year when they sent uh, Lonnie over, that they really thought that they really, they, they, they had the real deal, and I even heard better reports. I was so stoked to actually see uh, a runner that was just a head short of being a perfect five for five, but these things happen in horse racing, and you know what we do? We go on, and we pick right up the Belmont John. It is a wild scramble. If anybody on earth says, I really have a direction that I'm following, I think pretty much you're just, it's either a process of elimination or you're playing a war horse or you're playing some, a, a new shooter that's stepping up. Th- this year, I've never seen it so wide open. No, no. <clears throat> I mean, you know, especially, you know, we've, over the last, you know, decade and a half we've had a lot of horses going for the triple crown which has been pretty cool and i've got to witness a triple crown winner an american pharaoh but no the this is wide open and you know you know as an odds maker when the favorite seven to two what's that say about the race wow it's it, it's it's a it's a nice field of 12 when it's seven to two you, you're pretty much uh it's it's wide it's about as wide open and that's your odds maker speaking right there and I believe it is Travis Stone that does make the odds uh, for Belmont I, I I assume such that uh, you know that nothing would have changed coming into this race I think it's only fair it, actually I, I think the public will probably follow right along those lines but John it's uh, you know wide open I I'm going to see the the winner would if it's if it's one of the favorites might pay anywhere from twelve to fourteen dollars. Well, uh, before we move on, because I want to get your picks in the Belmont, I do want to tell our listeners that amongst the other vet reports that are uh, made available and public uh, prior to a big race like this, that the other horse that was treated, we already mentioned senior investment, um, was Gormley, uh, who was dehydrated. But with all the traveling he's done, it's probably not a major thing. I just think that they treat him with some electrolytes and, and they move on. So uh, he, had, he had a bucket of Gatorade today, but, uh, you know, he's a horse I've always liked, but he's just inconsistent. So I have a hard time getting my arms around him. Ed, here, we're going to the window. The horse of the post parade's over. It's time to get your money down. Where are you going? I'm going to reach in the jeans and pull out some greens, as my good friend Johnny Engelhart would say. I'm going to go with the war horse. I'm going to go with looking at Lee, Steve Asmussen trainee. And the real selling point for me is I read Ortiz. Now, Ortiz skipped the Derby, had a possible mount in the Derby, skipped it and won two stakes at New York that day, skipped and missed, or excuse me, missed the Preakness mount. Uh, uh, He actually did ride cloud computing at one time or a few times down the road. John, I think they've got the, the king of New York aboard. He's a leading rider at Belmont. He knows the sweeping turns, the deep, cuppy surface at times. Uh, Big Sandy can change from hour to hour. I think Irad Ortiz is the man for the job. Steve Asmussen has tapped him as, as the man he wants aboard. This is a war horse that, looking at Lee, has faced everybody from classic empire. Uh, you name it, all the way on dead, always dreaming. Uh, Battle of Midway, uh, Practical joke. I just it goes on and on and on. Looking at Lee for me, I, I see Ortiz to actually be a little closer. He always comes running. The son of looking at Lucky 
every single time since his hat in the ring. I see Ortiz keeping him just a hinge closer, and if there's a little bit more speed with uh, Meantime, who's 15-1, to and Mike Smith, if it is a little bit more of a blazing fraction, John, he might just be able to sit right back, and Ortiz does what he does best at New York, and that's win. Um, you know, um, you know, you you do you brought up Meantime, uh, who's very lightly raced and hasn't even won a graded stakes race yet. But uh, as I look at the PPs in here, uh, outside of maybe Twisted Tom down on the inside, they seem to be the only two horses that w- w- look like they want to go to the front. In, in fact, they do. I, I won't toss that Irish war cry. This is a very tactical runner, son of Colonel and John, and, and I really think that he's, he's, if he's not going to be right on the pace, he's going to be right off and just keep an eye on the leader. Meantime, is double dog dangerous. You have Mike Smith and the Irons aboard, nothing but a blistering, blistering uh, speed horse here, son of Shackelford, ran second in a Peter Pan, which Woody Stevens made, made uh, quite a statement that this was his bounce, uh, bounce right into the Belmont and over the Years how he actually uh, he applied his trade and we, we can't even begin to squabble with that, but we're not there. We're not Woody Stevens. I can see Meantime getting a piece of this of the pace here and really setting it on fire. I think it's going to be a, a couple of runners that could come off the pace. The other is Patch. If you toss out the Derby, Patch is lightly raced, no two-year-old foundation. Patch from the twelve-hole, another New York man, John Velasquez for Todd Pletcher, who these guys went twenty-eight percent together the last couple of months. You loved him in the Louisiana Derby when he was he was wheeling in Gervin, and he always has an excuse. He always gets bumped around like a pinball. Patch is going to be coming out of the twelve hole. I see two closers, and I'm going with one of two of those to actually take down all the cheese. Well, yeah, and you also got a nice Hall of Fame trainer, Steve Asmussen, in your corner. Well, Ed, there's going to be so many good races on the undercard. I know I'm asking you to do a lot. We'll see if we can get through four. If we do, we do. Uh, if we don't, we don't. Let's work backwards uh, with, with the uh, grade one just a game because our friend Steve weighed in on here with his best bet of the day. I want to hear who you like. Well, let's see. Now, Steve took the just a game. I'm... I missed his best pick, which is kind of good. Now, and Steve is a fan of prices, and, and, I, and I really like, I respect his handicapping, and, he, and he's a real gamer. If, you, if you're sitting at the table with any guy having a beer and you're wanting to win some money, Steve's the guy to be sitting there with. For me, John, I, I'm going to be stuck on Dickinson. I can look no farther. Coming out of the Jenny Wiley beating Lady Eli, but it's more than just that. I like that they're cutting back a mile and eighth to a mile and a sixteenth, now a mile. I think this is a part of Kieran McLaughlin's plan the entire time. This, uh, this daughter of Medaglia Dioro is one for one at Belmont, been working very nicely at Green Tree Training Center, and has, has been all for 56 days. You're going to reel off. This is going to be her fourth in a row, if possible. Going to be drawing the rail where the rail wins at 28%. Dickinson, for me, at 5-2. to two. Paco Lopez, one of the most underrated turf riders in the business. He's only winning 17% on the turf. I'll take it all day long if I can get anywhere near 5-2. to two. Well, you know me. I'm a horse-for-course guy. I'm looking at Roca Rojo, who uh, is undefeated at Belmont, who has won three times at the mile distance and was willing to travel to Churchill Downs on a derby day and uh, took down the uh, distaff mile, grade two, by a game head, Florent Giroux, back in the saddle. He's installed as a nine-to-five favorite, and I'll pull back the curtain right now. Drum roll, please. Steve Pearson's best bet of the day, 
Antone, number seven, with Javier Castellano in the saddle. Actually, I do like this runner. This is second off of uh, coming in from Dovo. Hey, I have to respect uh, his play all around. It's another Chad Brown, Javier Castellano aboard, as you just said. He's winning 40% for him the last couple of months. I respect Mr. Pearson all the way around. I do like Antonone. All right. Well, uh, we'll we'll go to the we'll go to the seventh race. Exact trifecta, super pick three, grand slam, and you can do a double into Dickinson if you want to at Belmont. The Woody Stevens Grade Two. We're going seven furlongs, kind of a niche distance here. But as I look uh, through it, Ed. Uh, uh, the, the the horse that likes it the best is Classic Rock. Your other seven furlong uh, winners are American Anthem, uh, The Money Monster, and Long Haul Bay. The Money Monster is my long shot play of the day. Wow. I, you know, I can't squabble with any part of that, John. But a really good trainer actually opened my eyes this year. Now, I'm going to say really good because it's someone on our local circuit, but it's somebody that, you know, I've respected over the years and... Really, he kind of got me out of the mindset of that seven furlong only, you know, the really a specialist at seven furlongs. He said, don't be afraid to play that mile and a 16th horse backing up. I'm going to go with number seven, Wild Shot. Once again, we're going to go a mile and an eighth in the bluegrass, which was a dismal, dismal effort after, after the uh, Tampa Bay Derby, which was very solid. We're going to uh, skip over the bluegrass, which is a mile and eighth, a mile in the Pat Day Mile, where he won handsomely at four to one, at, in, uh, or four, by four lengths at eight to one, an impressive race. Corey Lannery for Rusty Arnold, they're, they're one for one in, in, in New York, John. I think cutting back from one mile to seven furlongs is going to be no problem at all. I, I I think this is this is going to actually weigh in Wild Shot's corner that he has a little bit of extra gas in the tank, and uh, you know I like the son of Trap Shot. He's faced Classic Empire, McCracken, Tappert, Practical Joke. Looking at Lee, six freight in the money lifetime. Give me all you got of Wild Shot. All right, I like it. Four to one. Uh, Corey was voted uh, Jockey of the Week uh, last week by uh, Jockey Talk three sixty. Um, We'll uh, see how much more time that we have left. Another grade one. We got the Acorn. We got the Kentucky Oaks winner in there, Abel Tasman. We know she can win at a mile and an eighth. Can she win at a, at a mile? We also got a horse in here that you called a couple weeks ago. Nikki, my darling, our boy Ron Paolucci, not being afraid to get, get up to bat and take a swing, try to get a home run. And you have your eight bells winner at seven furlongs stretching out. Benner Island, not to mention a horse that I've always liked, Sweet Loretta. You got Salty, who was touted highly going into the Kentucky Oaks. Ed, I'm having a hard time in here. Help me, brother. (laughs) You know, everything you said was 100% true. This is a great race. Sweet Loretta was was really something special in her two-year-old year year and really caught the eye. And a good friend of of yours, JP, I even actually headed him up to. This is a runner you'll want to play as Sweet Loretta. I believe named uh, named, uh, aptly for his wife. Nikki, my darling, hey, kudos to Luch Racing Stables. I would love to see Luch Luch in the winner's circle. But, John, they're going to have their hands full with Abel Tasman. That was a mile and an eighth. And Abel Tasman looks to be one of those Silky Sullivan-type runners where she would have to come from the clouds not true no 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 no. (laughs) she will not have to come from the clouds i'm telling you she was steadied six wide and came around them like they were standing still 
I, I think the mile distance is going to fit. If you go back to San Anita on September 30th, she made it look pretty good. She had to still close, but I see Mike Smith keeping this filly a lot closer and you know, possibly even saving a little bit of ground this time around and won't have to come across it. And for the, for the, uh, the believers in that sealed sloppy angle, I believe Abel Tasman is something very special. And you know, I caught it in the San Anita Oaks, and I just fell in love, and I couldn't believe the price in the, in the Kentucky Oaks where actually I had a couple of dollars on, on Abel Tasman, incredibly impressed in the Kentucky. It was just a monster race. I think by just having that little bit of time down, and if you take a look, there's a nice bullet work on May 28th. Went back out to Santa Anita, back where Bob Baffert does his, uh, his best work. And I'll tell you what, I, I think Abel Tasman is there for a reason. And Baffert usually doesn't go to New York for no reason at all, John. No. And quite frankly, you know, that was not a chosen Silky Sullivan race by any stretch of the imagination. Um, She was steadied early on and just getting covered with mud. I got the photos to prove it. And then had to go six wide. It was a 14-horse field, as you recall, you know, and once, once it got clear, you know, it was very, very impressive, uh, the ride by Mike Smith. Uh, so, uh, you know, I I can't argue with you, Ed, at all. I'm just trying to find horses to, to put in there with them, and I think I've already stated uh, Benner Island, uh, Sweet Loretta, and Salta would be the ones I'd put underneath if I was playing a try. Your, your salty runner is very nice. And, you know, I'm going to go just, just on the same Kentucky Oaks angle, four wide bump twice and steadied that day. I, I, yeah. I'm telling you, I believe this is a very nice runner indeed. This race is worth the price of admission alone. The, the, <laughs> the acorn is, is really come up very salty, as they would say. And I think Joel Rosario, I believe John, had three wins today. I turned around, I caught it up on the screen, I said, wow, three wins, that's terrific. I hope, in fact, that is right. I hope, actually, I hope he rode more. I think Joel Rosario needed to pick, it, pick up the pace here a little bit. He's winning at 17%. Salty wouldn't surprise me, but Abel Tasman's a monster. Absolutely. And... Uh, <clears throat> It was interesting. I, I don't know the whole story, but, you know, Baffert was more than happy to get the horse, and he says he's still really trying to figure her out uh, because he, he, he got her uh, from Simon Callahan, who apparently did nothing wrong with her, won a grade one race. And they're saying that it had something to do with he didn't have the right silks on the horse in the uh, in the, the uh, Santa Isbell or something, and that the China Horse Club took that very personally, and that was part of the reason for switching to Baffert. Have you heard anything about that? I have not, and oh my gosh, John, if, oh, you you will be kicking yourself in in, in the backside <laughs> for the rest of time for just for something as silks, but but they take it. The China Horse Club International takes it very seriously. And, you know, hence to come back right off of the San Anita Oaks where, uh, where, where she ran a beautiful second and, you know, was once again off a bit slow. John, I see nothing wrong with uh, going to Bob Baffert. Simon Callahan, I feel your pain, and, and I'm sure that uh, you, you'll, be, you'll be talking into a corner and, and crying into your beer uh, once again. But uh, I, I think moving to Bob Baffert is, is no bad move, and, and I'm sure it's, it's a whole lot more than just that, if, if in fact at all. But you know what? I, I wish them nothing but the best of luck, and, uh, and I sure hope Simon Callahan uh, gets something down the road from, uh, from this group again. 
Uh, from what I've been reading about them, we're going to hear a lot about the China Horse Club in the days ahead. I believe it's quite the consortium of, shall I say, billionaires uh, that are yes. put together. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, and they seem to be scooping up or at least partnering in anything they see that looks like it's it's a, uh, a grade one stakes winner. Well, uh, Matt's telling me I got about four minutes left, so that should give us some time to take a look at the Brooklyn Invitational Grade 2. We are going to go around two turns, the Belmont distance, a mile and a half. Um, an interesting matchup here between Send It In and to Brutus. Uh, I can see where uh, the odds maker had a hard time making one of the favorite. This to Brutus, though, my God, since uh, getting in the hands of Gary Contessa uh, coming from Chile has just exploded on the American racing scene, got beat by Send It In in uh, the Excelsior, ended up with a 118 buyer. Now, that was Send It In's last start. He got a 119, obviously. He was a half a length ahead. But then in his second U.S. start with Irad Ortiz in the saddle, this horse comes back and reels off a 109 buyer in hand, winning by 11 lengths at a mile and three-eighths. So I don't think distance is the question. What do you think? Do you think it's the toss of the coin between these two? Wow, you hit that one. I was thinking that exactly when you said, uh, the, the poor morning line odds maker, where do you go with this? You, you've, got, you've got with two Brutus, someone that is actually going to command the pace. and, and is good. All that you're going to see is the backside of this uh, you know, son of Scat Daddy for at least three quarters, if not uh, seven-eighths of the race. And then on the other hand, you have Send It In, who's nothing but a stone-cold stalker for Pletcher, you know, who's actually three for three in the money at Belmont. Two Brutus is nothing but pure speed. I'm also just going to roll right back over to Irad Ortiz. Irad Ortiz, just like his brother Jose, they're both very versed on the front end as well as coming uh, coming from off the pace. I believe Jose actually has a little bit of better speed riding uh, ability, but Irad is no slouch, and he's got a monster here. I went back and watched the flat out on the replay. Hey, this was flat out impressive. This two Brutus, I mean, if you get anywhere near two to one, you're getting something special. It wouldn't be surprised to see me if this was even money in six to five. I mean, I think the public has to really settle in on these two chalksters here. One, a son of Big Brown. The other, Scat Daddy. You got a Chilean. You got a New York bred. John, this one, the whole entire card at Belmont is just a monster. But I'm going to go with two Brutus and I read Ortiz. All right. Well, it is an interesting race. <clears throat> I'd uh, fail to point out if you're betting trifectas, you might want to keep old War Story in there. He ran a very game effort in the uh, $1.2 million Charlestown Classic that his stablemate, Imperative One, uh, who was supposed to be on the day's card, but I guess he got a little hitch in his get-along and got set back on his training regimen. So War Story will be carrying those bright green silks with a P on that you see very often, I know, Ed, uh, of of Ron Paolucci. Well, uh, Matt Widener's uh, telling me 
that uh, all good things must come to an end. And uh, uh, I'm going to wish you uh, nothing but the best. Uh, I, uh, I, I wish I could be there with you, but uh, uh, something else is precluding me of, of being at the track that day, uh, though I will have some investments made in advance. So, Ed Meyer, thanks a million, man. I hope you uh, you have a great Belmont day. I know you'll be calling a stake that day, too, and uh, always appreciate you being here. John, it's been nothing but a sheer pleasure. And anyone listening out there, be sure to check in with Winning, Posing, Winning Ponies and the Easy Win Forms. They do double duty on big days like this. And for some reason, John, they rise to the occasion when the money hits the table. And we've got a uh, Belmont contest, so they need to go to winningponies.com. Uh, it's free to play, and you can pull down 150 cold cash and underneath a whole lot of winning credits points. We've had Ed Meyer on with us. Earlier in the show, we had a really top handicapper uh, by the name of Steep. Pearson. So I want to remind everybody that the action isn't all on Saturday. Uh, it is going to uh, uh, also be numerous stakes races tomorrow and that uh, the races themselves uh, will be on NBC. It's going to start uh, with NBSN Sports Network at 3 and then at 5 o'clock NBC kicks in. Thanks for joining us on Winning Ponies. Thanks again to Stephen Ed, my producer Matt Widener. Remember, when you go to the races, Bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.